offering we bring to God is our lives every single person God asks the exact same thing he says look I want you to give me your life because I know what to do with it and you don't that's why this is in here the spirit inspires the person who wrote this and compiled this to simply write down every single tribe gives the exact same thing why because God wants the same thing from all of us Some people are so hard to buy gifts for. What do you give the guy who has everything? Today, Pastor Daniel lets you in on the secret of what gift God wants most, your life. Just like all the tribes of Israel gave the Lord the same gift, he wants each of you to offer him your life. You'll learn that giving your everyday life to God is the best choice you can make because he actually knows what to do with it. His plans are more than you can even imagine. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Numbers chapter 7 as he continues his message, Gifts for God. Verse 30. As I strolled to stay awake, on the first day, Eleazar, the son of Shedeur, leader of the children of Reuben, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour, mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels, full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Eleazar, the son of Shedeir. Verse 36, on the fifth day, Shalumiel, the son of Jerusadai, I really like those names. The longer the better for me. I like them. That's not in the Bible, sorry. Side commentary. Leader of the children of Simeon, verse 36, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was? 130 shekels. You guys are getting it. One silver bowl of? 70 shekels. According to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering. One gold pan of? Ten shekels. We're having fun now, full of incense. One young bull, one male, one ram, one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering. One kid of the goats as a sin offering and as the sacrifice of a peace offering. Two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in the first year. This was the offering of Shalumiel, the son of Zerusadai. Verse 42, on the sixth day, Elisaphath, the son of Deuel, leader of the children of Gad, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl on 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour, mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels, full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year, as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, 
five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Elisaphat, the son of Deuel. On the seventh day, this is verse 48, Elishama, the son of Amahud, the leader of the children of Ephraim, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter of the weight of which you always want to make a song out of this, don't you? But I'm going to keep going. Where was I? I got lost. I'm going to start at the beginning again. No, just kidding. <laughs> Verse 49. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour, mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels, full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb, in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as a sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and the five male lambs in the first year. This was the offering of Elishema, the son of Amihud. Verse 54, on the eighth day, Gamaliel, the son of Pedazur, leader of the children of Manasseh, presented an offering. His offering was one silver... I often don't run out of words, but I'm getting tired here. Okay. Verse 55. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in its first year. This was the offering of Gamaliel, the son of Pedazur. Verse 60, on the ninth day, Abidan, the son of Gedeoni, which you got to like, that's an Italian version of Gideon. Sorry. Sorry. Leader of the children of Benjamin presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary. Both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering. One gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense. One young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering. One kid of the goats as a sin offering. And as the sacrifice of peace offerings, let me guess, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in the first year, this was the offering of Abidon, the son of Gideoni. Now, if there was ever a time you wish you had tag team preaching, it's probably about right now. Just tap a guy out. Come on out, I'm tired. Verse 66, on the 10th day, Ahazir, the son of Amadishabdai, leader of the children of Dan, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, and five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year, this was the offering of Ahazer, the son of Aminashadai. Verse 72, on the 11th day, Pagiel, the son of Akran, leader of the children of Aser, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, 
one ram and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Pagael, the son of Akron. And now, praise the Lord on verse 78, on the twelfth and final day. It doesn't say final in there. I hear the son of Enon, you're going to help me with this one, leader of the children of Naphtali, presented an offering. Come on. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil. I didn't understand what you guys just said. Well, <laughs> as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, go for it. Two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Ahira, the son of Anon. Bam! There we go. Now, what's great is you're never going to forget all these offerings, right? You're just going to find yourself walking down the street and be like, 130 shekels. And anyway. Now, we met all of the leaders of the tribes in chapters 1 and 2, and now that I've read all of them, you realize that every single tribe gave the exact same offering. There is not one deviation in that entire list. Each one of the 12 tribes gave the exact same offering. Offering So a silver plate that was 130 shekels in weight was approximately 65 ounces. It's not a small silver plate. A silver basin, 70 shekels, about 35 ounces. There was a bunch of incense. There was a gold dish, which was about five ounces. So five ounces of gold is, that's a nice offering in this day and age, isn't it? Think about it. If gold is what, at spot, what, 1,500 per ounce? So do the math. I'm not good at it, but you can. You got your calculators there. So you have incense. You have a burn offering, right? We've seen all this in the book of Leviticus. A bull, a ram, a male lamb, all in the first year. You have the male goat as a sin offering. You have the peace offerings. All this. Now, why do we hear all that? Here's why. Because God expects the same thing from all of us. God expects the same thing from all of us. And you know what God, know what the offering we bring to God is? Our lives. Every single person, God asks the exact same thing. He says, look, I want you to give me your life because I know what to do with it and you don't. That's why this is in here. The Spirit inspires the person who wrote this and compiled this to simply write down Every single tribe gives the exact same thing. Why? Because God wants the same thing from all of us. There's not like, hey, yeah, if you're called to be a pastor, you have to give me this much of your life. And if you're called to be an usher, you got to give me this much. If you're a worshiper, you give me this much. And if you're a kid's ministry worker, it's this much. And if you're a mission person, it's this much. No, God asks for the exact same thing from all of us. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you what? Present your bodies as what? A living sacrifice. 
holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God asked that of all of his kids, not just some of his kids. God asked the exact same offering. Our lives as a living sacrifice, our bodies as holy and acceptable. Why? It's our reasonable act of worship. Paul in 1 Corinthians said, your life is not your own. You were bought at a price. So every time we live our lives as if it's ours, we're robbing God. Now, I know what happens when the pastor says stuff like that. Some people are like, yeah, I'm doing it. And some people are like, yeah, right, I don't care. But here's the thing. You miss the life that God has given you when you choose to live your own life your own way. You miss out on why God created you. You miss out on the fullness of what he wants to do in and through your lives. And listen, I realize all of us, our lives are messy. Things go on. Things don't work out the way we intended it. But that does not give us the right to say, well, look, everything went to pot before, so Lord, I'm going to do it my way now. No. You realize that God likes his kids with a limp. I don't get it. I use that from Jacob, remember, when he wrestled with the angel? Jacob had a limp. That probably hurt a whole lot, but you know what? God also changed his name. He was Jacob, the swindler, the heel catcher, and now he's governed by God. See, the things that give you a limp in this life, it's a reminder that God heals people. But for so many of us, the things in life that have hurt us, we have a tendency to say, you know what? If that's the way it is, God... I'm done with this. And you know what you end up doing? You live your own life your own way and you get a whole other set of self-inflicted scars. It's not like when you live your life your own way, everything's peachy, keen, honky-dory, is it? No. See, I always say, look, it costs either way, doesn't it? If you don't follow God, that costs. And if you do, that does as well. See, God wants the exact same offering from all of his kids. And when it came to the building of the tabernacle and the work of the tabernacle, God asked all the tribes to be in equally. Everybody brought their same thing. But it's important for us, not because you read this, and I think most Bible teachers would just focus on the material and say, you guys got to be given and all that stuff, which is true. But the reason I think people don't give financially to the work of God is because their life isn't set apart for the work of God. It's easy to write a check if your heart is inclined. It's easy to serve if your heart is inclined. And I think what God really wants, he doesn't want our money. He wants our hearts. That's what he, he really wants you and I to wake up every day and say, God, this day is your day. What do you want to do with it? And I got a job and I have kids and I have all these things that I need to do. But Lord, what are you going to do? And, and I'm going to go about my business when I'm wide open. What, what are we doing today? What's on your calendar for today, Lord, in my life? And if we live that way, then everything else comes into line, doesn't it? If we wake up and say, God, I just want to follow you today, and I'm going to take some chances today. I'm probably going to crash and burn, because that seems to be my way of doing things. But Lord, right on. Let's just go for it. We're going to crash and burn. We're going to crash and burn for your glory. And no matter how many times we stumble, we should simply say, Lord, okay, well, all right, let's keep going. Because if we live our lives that way, then everything else that we really want, that we know honors God, that all just comes after it. It's, it's just the, the afterglow of having a heart that's set apart for God. 
So I want to encourage you today, as I did today when I studied this. I just re-upped with God. I said, God, this life's yours. My life's yours. I want to follow you. I want to follow you no matter what happens, no matter how it feels, no matter what goes on. I'm just going to follow. And I'll be okay with that. And if I'm not okay with it, just help me to be okay with that. I want to encourage you, re-up with the Lord today. Say, God, I give you my life again. I give you my life again. And I'm not saying you're born again, again, and we're not going to go baptize you again, again, and again. But it's an intentionality of living that says, God, if you expect the same thing from all of us, then I, I'm in. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my body. I give you the things that I think about and why I think. I give you the things that I do and why I do them. And God, I want you to continue to revolutionize my life in Christ. That my life would be a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. That just as Jesus is the light of the world, I'll be the light of the world. Just as Jesus would be blessing, because I've been blessed, I will in turn be a blessing. That's powerful, isn't it? You can imagine the larger tribes being like, well, look, they got more people, so they should give more. Kind of like American tax law, you know. If you got more, you give more. If you got less, you get no. It's always the same. See, God has this really radical, even scale. He said, I just want your life. And no matter how big or small the tribe is, every tribe gave the same amount because what's beautiful is, is that no matter how small or how big, when you put it all together, it's still the same offering. And I love that about the Lord, isn't it? We, we talked about that on Sunday, right? The miracle of the five loaves and the two fish, you bring the little you have to Jesus and Jesus makes a plentiful meal with leftovers, my favorite type of meal. That's what God does. We bring the little that we have. We say, Lord, this is all I got. And Lord's like, great, that's all you needed. I got this. See, when we live giving what we have, our lives to Jesus, God does exceedingly abundant with it. Exceedingly abundant. You read any, listen, I want to encourage you, in your spare time, when you're not reading your Bibles, I want you to pick up a biography of a great Christian person in history. Because you know what the common theme in all the great people are? They had nothing going for them. It's the awesomest thing. William Carey, he was the father of the modern missionary movement. He went from England. He ended up going to India. The beginning of a revival in India. You know what he did for a living before he went to India? He fixed shoes. Gladys Alward, who brought the gospel out into China as a single woman, no missionary society would place her because she was a single, uneducated woman. You can read books about her. There's movies about her. It's such a powerful thing. Because in each case, it's not like the most amazing person. It's like these people were like, they couldn't do anything else unless they gave their life to Jesus and God could use them. And that's so encouraging, isn't it? When you realize that God is looking for ordinary people who believe in an extraordinary God who wants to do extraordinary things well beyond our capacity. I love what Kate White prayed before. She said, Lord, just use me despite me, in spite of me. What a powerful reality to say, God, I'm not going to be limited by my garbage. I'm going to release my garbage into your hands. I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do. Powerful. But so often we withhold the little that we have because we're like, I got little. But when really Jesus is like, just give it to me. Give me your life. 
I will do extraordinary things through it. Now, in verse 84, we start totaling things up. Look at what it says. This was the dedication offering for the altar from the leaders of Israel when it was anointed 12 silver platters, 12 silver bowls, and 12 gold pans. Each silver platter weighed 130 shekels. And each bowl, 70 shekels, all the silver of the vessels weighed 2,400 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary. The gold pans full of incense weighed 10 shekels apiece, according to the shekel of the sanctuary. All the gold of the pans weighed 120 shekels. All the oxen for the burnt offering were 12 young bulls, 12 rams, and the male lambs in their first year, 12, with their grain offering, and the kids of the goats as a sin offering, 12. And all the oxen for the sacrifice of peace offerings were 24 bulls, the rams, 60, the male goats, 60, and the lambs in their first year, 60. This was the dedication offering of the altar as it was anointed. Now we have the compilation. And in case you're wondering if God can't do math, you can do all the math at all. Perfect. Perfect. Every single tribe, they all brought it. This was the totality of the beginning of the service of the tabernacle. And then look at how, how this chapter ends. I love this. In verse 89, Now when Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak with him, he heard the voice of one speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim, thus he spoke to him. You realize that verse 89, that's the climax right there. It's not about all this stuff. It's about Moses going into the tabernacle and it says, and I quote, to speak with him, he heard the voice of one speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim. Thus he spoke to him. Everything else was fine until there. And my friends, that's life in Christ right there. Because that ark of the covenant, the ark of the testimony, it all points to Jesus. Remember we went through this? The, the two cherubim that were facing each other. Remember in John's gospel when they peer in and all of a sudden they see the two angels in there? It's not by chance. Because God speaks to humanity through his son, Jesus, who is the fulfillment of the tabernacle. And I'm here to tell you this. God has not put a period on the sentence he wants to speak to you. Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel finished up this teaching, Gifts for God, by reminding you that the purpose of the tabernacle and all the gifts and sacrifices was so that God could dwell with and speak to his people. Just like God talked with Moses from between the cherubim of the Ark of the Covenant, Jesus wants to speak to you. His sacrifice on the cross made it possible for you to have a relationship with him and know his heart. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus' Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus' Real Radio at 
256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will delve even deeper into the details God gave the Israelites about how to set up their camp and the tabernacle. You'll learn that God wants you to share His love with those around you. Just like the lampstand in the tabernacle, your light can shine brightly and illuminate the character and purposes of God. You'll learn that as you grow and change, your light will become brighter and brighter. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series called Camp. Until then, may God bless.